Hello, everyone, and welcome to the brand new podcast on the block. It's called What's the Scrimmage? It's a sports conversation between two fans from one generation to another with a unique perspective on how they see the game today. So, what's the scrimmage? I'm your host, Big Ron, and also introducing our host to the show who will be rolling with me. He's my PIC, my partner in crime. Introduce yourself, sir. My name is Andreas, aka Big Dre. <laughs> I'm kidding. But uh, people just call me Dre. So, yeah. Glad to be on here. That's what's up, man. He's definitely going to be one of the one of the um guys that I'll be leaning on when it comes to stats and and know it all. Like I said, he's a sports junkie. He's only fifteen years old, ladies and gentlemen. He's only fifteen years old, and he's definitely a far way ahead of his time, man. And plus, not only he's he's a sports junkie, but he plays sports as well. He's an excellent point guard. On top of that. He's an excellent wide receiver as well. He's a dual sports, and also he's on the top of his class as well. So it's an honor and a privilege to have this young man as my partner in crime moving forward in this in this newly podcast called What's the Scrum? Um, you can check us out on every week. Um, we're, we're just our first time. We're getting it started, and uh, we're going to be talking about the NFL as of right now during this podcast that we're recording. It is a Saturday. It is Saturday afternoon. We are just one day away from the big game. We can't use the the term, you know, the SB word, but we could call it the big game, which is going to be the Cincinnati Bengals versus the um, Los Angeles Rams. But before we get into that, we're going to get into the um to the what happened leading up to this, uh, leading up to the big game, and what and and uh, what you know what transpired going forward. So. Dre, so where you want to start, man? Where we want to start um, um, going on to this um, leading up, oh, everything that lead up to the big game going, coming uh, tomorrow? I think uh, the first thing we definitely need to talk about are probably surprising or disappointing teams. I'm going to okay. get a lot of hate for this, but I already have my team set too also. Okay, well, well, since you already got it set up, I'm gonna go for you, going for you, man. So, who's your surprise team that's going on this, this? We'll go with the surprise team. Who was your surprise team that you thought that wasn't going to do much this season, but then often, but then ultimately, you know, shocked the world pretty much. I mean, I think the number one team is uh the Bengals. I mean, uh, I've been I've been seeing a lot of people saying they're gonna go three and ten or they're gonna go you know, whatever, whatever the record is, they're just going to have a bad record below five wins. And then for them to, I think what they went nine and seven, or they went like, or they went like, you know, 10 and six or something like that. And what they did, I think, I think it's, I think that's exactly, I think this is the prime example of everybody being healthy, everybody buying into the system. And also, certain individual players having a swagger if you if your team is good you know that's cool and all you know everybody buys into the system that means you're a good team but every team needs you know that voice or every team needs somebody to be like oh yeah that person right there that person has a swag that's how you can go to being a good team to a really good team or a great team so i definitely say the Bengals. um Another team I'd say, even though they didn't really have a winning record, I would definitely say the Miami Dolphins. They they surprised me. I mean, you know, I know they're in the AFC East, but still going on a seven-game win streak as the Miami Dolphins in what has been turmoil the last couple of years. You know, some some really good in having Jalen Waddle and, and Tua. You know, they definitely have something to look forward to. Absolutely, kid. And, and you know what, man? I'm glad you brought up the Miami Dolphins because we definitely want to jump into, into them um, going forward, leading into the future, especially with the whole controversial, the whole controversial around, you know, the you know, with them and, and being in a lawsuit and everything. But we'll, we'll get into that later. But let's stick to the topic with – I want to go back to the Cincinnati Bengals. I firmly agree with you on that. The Cincinnati Bengals was the team that I was I was very shocked to make it all the way to the Super Bowl that they did. On top of that, Joe Burrow, man, we, we got to give him 
so much credit, man, for what he's done with his swagger, his ability to lead the team. And plus, this is we could pretty much say this is like his rookie season because the 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 season he played last year, he got hurt and he was he was pretty much injured. So yep, this is his ACL. Yeah, he tore his ACL that last year. So him coming his pretty much like his first year, to be honest with you, and to lead this team to the ultimate game tomorrow is is unprecedented. I mean, but if you understand, this is like this is kind of like a parallel because you know he was the LSU Tiger, and now he's a Cincinnati Bengal, which is kind of you know crazy when you think about it. But he took that LSU team and took them all the way to the big dance. They beat Alabama, right? Yeah. So, they beat Alabama, the one of the most powerhouse team NFL. It's like if you never played another, if you never played it, if you never played against an NFL team in your life, but you play them in college. Alabama's like the closest thing you can get to it, and him doing that for LSU, taking them all the way to that particular, um, particular going forward and, and winning that game, and with the and with the confidence that he had going forward, I think he was fantastic. I thought I thought he was fantastic then, and now he's able to take it to another level, and especially to an organization that was like four and like was like four and ten or three and or three and eleven last year or something like that. Of the- <laughs> I know what the record was terrible. <laughs> That's all you can say. The record was terrible. It was terrible. It was terrible last year. But to take that and to turn that completely around and to make it into a Super Bowl championship, a, a possible Super Bowl championship team. Is is something is 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 something. I mean, this right here is like something you you can't even write. This is like it's like a storybook that you. If somebody wrote this as, as a story, they'd be like, "That's you know, that's fiction." But it's actually happening. And tomorrow we'll see what what Joe Burrow and the and the and the Bengals do tomorrow, going up against a powerhouse like the um the L.A. Rams. So we'll see how that goes with that. Um, and going to the Miami to the Miami Dolphins, they surprise you with Brian Flores. Being the head coach and the and the and the head coach that he did that he's done, he's done an incredible job with the Miami Heat with the Miami Dolphins. I keep saying Heat with the Dolphins. <laughs> he's done so well with the Dolphins and their abilities and, their, and his no nonsense of attitude and everything. And with the players that he had in Tua and who was the other guy that they had as well, Jalen Waddle. They just drafted him. Yeah, and they had and they had a pretty good season, even though it wasn't. You know, they didn't get into the playoffs, but it was something they could have built on. But the whole process that he's going, but the whole thing that he's going through with the whole controversy with, with the Dolphins getting let go, which I think was, which I think was absolutely wrong because he was doing such a good job with that team. And he was doing, I mean, I don't know what, what do you want out of a, what more do you want out of a certain head coach like Brian Flores than what he was doing? I mean, he was, even though they didn't make the playoffs, but he was building something there that could have gone something that could have been something great, you know, in the future. Kind of like it kind of reminds me like what happened with Do- with Tony Dungy when he was coaching uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and he built that great powerhouse team with, with Warren Sapp and all those other boys. And then all of a sudden they fired him and then um, uh, who, uh, head co- oh, boy, I can't think. Uh, what's the head coach that, that took over? He was also the um the the Raiders coach. Uh oh my gosh, John Gruden. Yeah, yeah, because I remember they won it in two thousand what two thousand two two thousand three. Right, right, right. John Gruden. You, yep, that's why I remember. That's why you my partner in crime. You keep me, you keep me going. I kind of lose it a little bit, but that's why you <laughs> my partner in crime. So yeah, when John Gruden took over, and then all of a sudden they get t- they they get taken over. They, they win the Super Bowl that very next year, and that also kind of reminds me of like what Mark Jackson did with the Golden State Warriors, when he had, you know, not to get off of football, but Mark Jackson having the Golden State Warriors, having Steph and Clay, him claiming him and claiming um, Clay and and Steph like the the best pack or he's ever seen in his in his lifetime, like the best ever, and then him losing his job due to frictions with him in the front office, they put Steve. Current in, and then they go on, go off and have this huge dynasty. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so, so it's pretty much it's pretty much huge to see. It's pretty much kind of sad to see what what the Miami Dolphins could have been with under Brian Flores because he was doing such an incredible job. 
and they were a surprising team that a lot of people were saying, okay, that team looks like this. They got something there. They just need maybe one of few pieces or maybe just the, you know, make him to implement, you know, you know, he's implementing that culture there. But now, you know, with that, him being gone and, and, the, and the controversy that's, and well, I wouldn't say controversy around him because, it, you know, he's doing the right thing in my view of what he's going, what he's doing right now. But, um, yeah, I I just I I want to see I want to see wh- what other job he gets and hopefully he does get another job because I think he totally deserves it. He earned it, especially dealing with the uh, what he had to deal with in Miami. Well, if the things that I'm thinking about, whoever becomes this next head coach, because a lot of people don't know this, it's not the front office sometimes, but it's sometimes the head coaches that draft players. If Whoever this next Miami Dolphins coach is, they got one. They got an episode. Is Brian McDaniel's? I think that's his name is Brian McDaniel's. Oh, I'm gonna have to look at that. I didn't even know that. But listen, if I'm him, my first thought is to get offensive linemen. No, it's Mike McDaniel's. I'm sorry, it's Mike McDaniel's, not Brian. It's Mike Mike McDaniel's, who's the uh, new head coach of the uh, of the of the um, Miami Dolphins. Yeah, Mike McDaniels. So yeah, so he's pretty much taking over. Uh, we'll see what he does, um, and and everything. But like I said, it's been plenty of noise coming out of there of how the 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 the, the um the owner wanted wanted um Brian Flores to lose games so they can get a higher draft pick. So we'll we don't know how that will go. We'll know if that if that team will t- still take a nose dive. You know, just to get another high draft pick in the upcoming draft or the future draft coming up, coming forward. So, but yeah, that's that's a whole another can of worms that we can that we can that we'll discuss in, in future podcasts moving forward um, with this one. But yeah, those those teams that you picked, very good picks. You see, Miami Dolphins and uh, and of course the Super Bowl Super Bowl um, contenders. Um, well, Super Bowl. Um, Contenders um, tomorrow in the Cincinnati Bengals are two of the two of the teams that we can we both looked at and was like oh wow they they're doing really good and and moving forward now we have our surprises we gotta have our we have our disappointments teams that we thought was going to make some type of noise whether it was making further into the playoffs or even getting to the Super Bowl but just end up falling up short and I want I want to hear what you got man what, who's your disappointments in this in this particular season. Um, I know, I know I have a bunch of Green Bay fans. Uh, I know, I know a bunch of Green Bay fans as in, uh, my friend Remy, he's a Green Bay fan. Uh, my guy, brother Nigel, he's a Green Bay fan, but it has to be Green Bay in my opinion. I mean, this was, this year was set up per, I mean, this year was set up perfectly. What else could you ask for? They had a really good defense, especially against running backs, which they did not have previous years. Uh, they they had a really good receiving core with Devontae Adams, obviously, as your number one. And then you have Alan Lazard as your number two. And you also win enough games to, you know, have home field advantage and you're going up against a team that went 10 and seven. Well, nine and seven, adding on the, you know, the uh win against the Cowboys which made them 10 and 7. So you're going up against a team that's 10 and 7. You're well I think they were what 12 and 4 or something, you know, mm-hmm. only four losses or 13 and 3. I don't remember what the record was, but they had a pretty darn good record. So my thing is you have, you know, everything set up, you know, Aaron Rodgers is healthy. I mean, the big toe was giving them an issue, I guess, but still it shoot he won MVP, so I don't think it really was but um, uh, great, good running game. AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones. I I think that was probably the most disappointing team for me, and and maybe maybe the uh the Cowboys too. <laughs> Sorry, Ron, but the cow <laughs> the Cowboys too. Maybe I'd have to say them as well. Yeah, I mean, as, as some people who know me personally knows, I'm a huge. Huge Dallas Cowboy fan, been a fan since it's just the early '90s with Emma Smith and Michael Irvin and and Troy Aikman and them boys. You know, one one of those Super Bowls with um, or Super Bowls and everything back in those days, man. And, you know, but yeah, the 
Cowboys. To me, man, as a Cowboys fan, I've always we we have the best. It seems like we have the best roster offensively. You know, I mean, even though Zeke has declined, you know, since he got his big contract, you know, Dak coming off of that horrific injury, the ankle injury that he had, and then you know, getting guys like a CD Lamb and uh, um Amari Cooper. And having and having you know that great, I mean, our offensive line is not the best offensive line that we've had in the past. Like at one point in time, we were like we had the best offensive line in all of NFL. Like we were like number one at one point in time. We kind of declined a little bit, but it was still one of the best out there. And our offense and our defense was the ones that that shocked that shot the that shocked me out out of out of everything. And especially with um our cornerback um hit me up with the cornerback. Trayvon Diggs. Trayvon Diggs, yes, sir. Trayvon Diggs was fantastic this season, man. He was fantastic. I think he won Defensive Player of the Year this year too. I think he did. No, he got he was he was in the race. Uh, I think the race was between it was T.J. Watt who ended up winning it. Congrats okay. to him. Twenty twenty two point five sacks, twenty two and a half sacks. Uh, which hasn't been done since Michael Strahan and. I actually have a friend, Marcus, who said um, it wouldn't be impressive if you broke it because, you know, he's played more than 15 games. Well, he got the 22 and a half sacks in 15 games. So, you know, and the crazy thing is he almost would have had 23 and would have surpassed it. But the NFL gave him half a sack off a very, very controversial play where it was a bad snap to Tyler Huntley after Lamar Jackson was injured for a couple games. And, you know, he gets around and he's able to get to Tyler Hundley, but they only called it half a sack instead of a full, a full sack. So, you know, a lot of, a lot of Pittsburgh fans weren't happy about that. But again, onto Trayvon Diggs, he played great. He did give up a bunch of yards, but personally, as a, as a, as a football player, I would, if you, listen, if you give up 99 yards and then, they throw it again on like a back shoulder fade and you pick it off. I'm completely fine with that. Right. The reason why right. is because the turnover is huge. Yeah, it is. It was very huge with that play. And I think they should have gave it to him, but you know how it is with the NFL sometimes, man. But it, it but anyway, he still got that uh, congratulations to TJ White and his and his and winning that uh winning that award. I think he, I think it was fantastic. Um, with him winning that, but back to the Cowboys, man. T- Trayvon Diggs was like a blessing, and was like a, a huge blessing for us. And plus, getting Dan Quinn to take over that that defense was a huge thing as well. Because last year we were like the bottom of the bottom of the barrel. Um, yeah, terrible. It was terrible, and then all of a sudden our defense just came out and, and exploded. And it was like our defense was like was like the ones that was holding our team together pretty much because our offense wasn't really doing much with the um with, with Dallas at times. But then, you know, people still gave Dallas a chance because of the the offensive firepower we have in Cooper and and uh and Lamb and 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 Zeke and and of course Dak, you know, coming back, you know, coming back with with something to prove, especially getting that big fat contract that he was he was holding out for and finally got it. But man, just getting into the playoffs Nowadays, as a, as a, I mean, getting to the playoffs is one thing, but moving forward and going like we, I mean, we haven't even sniffed the NFC championship in since the nineties. You know what I'm saying? We haven't even gotten to the NFC championship since the nineties, man. So it's been it's been really disappointing as a Cowboy fan. And the worst thing about it is, as a Cowboy fan, when your team loses, it seems like the whole world. Is coming at you. It's like you're getting it from everywhere. It, for people who who can't stand the Cowboys as a uh, division of rivals, that's the people who just love to see the Cowboys lose because they love to see the the mighty the mighty um uh, America's team just crumble in 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 the heap. So it's like it's like a it's like a huge letdown when the, when the Cowboys losing. And we have to deal with it. But like we always say, after we lose in the playoffs, it's always next year. We're going to win the Super Bowl next year. So <laughs> that's what we're going to try to do. That's what we're still going to keep our head up and keep pushing because eventually we're going to be right one of these days. We're going to be right one of these days when we're going to win the Super Bowl. So I, I, I hopefully um, 
we 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 get, we can't make that run. But going to Green Bay, yeah, Green Bay was a huge failure. Even I thought the Green Bay Packers were going to make the Super Bowl, just the way they were playing this year. And Rodgers playing fantastic, um, fantastic, um, fantastic. Um, even though with his injury, with his big toe, he was still he won MVP. He won MVP in this year. And everything, so he so that showed that he had an incredible year um, with that team. Their defense was top notch. Him and um, him and um, him the quarterback um, boy, the quarterback that he him and his quarterback. I mean, him and his wide receiver. Devontae um, Adams was was on was on like they was like clicking. It was like they was like clicking on so many levels. The same as though that game they played against um. That 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 um that that um the divisional game they played, it just seems as though that defense that they played they went up against, which was it was it was Cincinnati. It was, no, 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 was it Cincinnati? The Niners, the 49ers. Niners, and it seems like that Niners team defense just just would not let up on Rodgers, man. And it was just like they played they played stagnant defense. They covered uh, Devontae Adams like like crazy, and and another thing. Aaron Rodgers was throwing passes into double coverage, which it shocked the, it shocked me crazy. I was like, "Why are they throwing it into double coverage like that?" That's he never does stuff like that. He was so, you know, he's more decisive, and you know, he can, you know, throw it in the middle of the middle of the field when he had to. Because it was plenty of times what I saw when he threw the when he threw the ball in double coverage where somebody was in the middle of the field wide open, and he. He threw it into double coverage, so it was something that that staggered me for a minute. And I know a lot of you know, as we, as we know some, we know some Packer fans were pretty was pretty heartbroken because they they thought for sure they would at least got to the NFC Championship, but not losing the divisional round. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, thinking about that actually, um, those some of those passes, just yeah, like you said, it confused me too. There is. There's a couple times he really gambled and almost and almost got burned. He's playing with fire and almost got burned a bunch of times. I mean, right. I understand I understand their defense hasn't been as elite as it was last year, mm-hmm. but still it's definitely not a defense that you can take shots against. This right. isn't this isn't a defense like like the Cincinnati Bengals. The Cincinnati Bengals, they have a good defense. But their one issue is their corners. Out of all teams in the league, they've given up the most passes that have traveled 25 yards. Mm-hmm. So, and, and Aaron Rodgers likes to take deep shots, obviously, to to Devontae Adams. But against the 49ers with Emmanuel Mosley, a real physical corner, and Jaquaski Tart playing back at safety, and all those other guys, you know, you you can't do that. That's something that you can't do, and especially for a guy like Aaron Rodgers' quality to to play like how he did, it, mm-hmm. it's you know it's almost unheard of. Right, and it, it was it was it was definitely a head scratcher when we watched that game. I mean, we we watched it together, and we was like, "What what is he doing?" You know, saying what are these passes that he's throwing, and it kind of got us, you know, it kind of got people, you know, it's like wondering, you know, is he. Is he trying to win this game, or, or what? Is he? Is he? Or he's just just is like trying to make this, trying to make this, you know, trying to make this game much difficult than it needs to be at times. But you know, I, but I have to give the Niners credit though. I'm not going to take much away from the Niners and their defense because they did do their job. They played incredible defense. Aaron Rodgers and the and the Green Bay Packers. It was a, definitely a disappointment this season for them. Uh, you know, now we're pretty much on the precipice of wondering, you know, is Aaron Rodgers going to come back for one more season? Is he going to ask for a trade to go to somewhere else? So, yeah, there's it's still something we, we need to look forward to going forward with him and, uh, and the saga, him and Green Bay. So, yeah, he only got one more year left. So we'll see if he if he takes this one more year and, and goes back in. And even some is saying that he's still contemplating retirement. So we'll see what happens. We'll see what's going forward with there. Now let's go into the whole Antonio Brown saga that's been happening since his days in Tampa Bay. We're not even going to go back, you know, to where he had his time when he was in, you know, his battle was in 
Pittsburgh and then his cup of coffee he had in, in Oakland with the Raiders and then all of a sudden, you know, his cup of coffee he had with with the Patriots and then all of a sudden when Tom Brady goes to Tampa Bay, he immediately brings A B in. He, he brings A B in and but uh but then you know everything that's been going down with A B, what's your take on what's since you you're a young man, you're 15 years old, you're playing wide receiver, and you're pretty much and you're on and you're you know, you people like to think that players like Antonio Brown are a, an impressionable on young cats like yourself. How do you feel about the whole situation going forward um, with Antonio Brown and, his, and what he has done so far um, in, in the NFL? Well, how I feel about it, it's Antonio Brown, I mean, I don't, I don't honestly know how to completely feel about it because I don't know if it's the loss of like I don't know if it's the loss of love for the game, which I don't even think it's that because right before you know he took off his jersey, took off his pad, his shoulder pads, and all that, and left, he literally broke a man's ankle. Like he he ran a beautiful curl route. I know it's against the Jets, but still, these are NFL athletes. You don't you don't just you know calmly run your route. You know. Right take a man's ankles, and then, you know, next second, you're mad. So what I read about the entire, you know, issue was that supposedly he had had an ankle uh, ankle injury, and Bruce Arians had told him to come in the game, and I guess he had said no. But I've also heard another thing is that he was upset that he wasn't getting a bunch of targets, which looking back at the game, I'm pretty sure he only had one target in the first half. So, or he only had one catch in the first half. So obviously when you're a wide receiver, when you don't catch a lot of the football, when you don't catch a lot of passes coming your way, it feels like you're not being targeted because you don't remember it. Uh, Especially, especially the better players. When you're a really good player and you don't and you don't make a catch determining on what type of player you are, there's you know, you don't make a catch, it's all right, on to the next one. I just gotta be better next time. And then there's times where you'll drop a pass and it, and you kind of forget it because it's like, you know, it you know, it feels like you didn't do anything and it feels like, you know, just on to the next play without realizing that you just, you know, you dropped a pass or you know, it just feels like you didn't do anything. So, because I've, ha- I've had those times where I'll run a route and, you know, I'll drop a pass and then I'll just move on to the next play. And I've had a coach come up to me and say, hey, Dre, uh, make sure, you know, make sure you get your head around faster. And I'll be like, what? Because <laughs> I'll, I'll forget that I even, you know, I'll just completely, the last play will just go in one side, and, you know, go off the other. I'll just completely forget about it. But I think I think it might be CTE after the hit from Vontez Burfecht, uh back in I think was 20, 2016 against the Bengals. Or 2017, 2016, 2017. It was one of those years. But I mean it he still has it. It just I just think he needs to find a team that fits him and that fits his style. Well, I think he did find a team with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I mean, what, what more style or what fit that you could get more than than to have, you know, people consider the GOAT and Tom Brady, you know what I'm saying? And and his his ability to, to get to him and, and to get passes to him, I mean, I don't see how, you know, you can find any other better fit because now reports are saying that he wants to go to – to Baltimore and play play with Lamar Jackson, which I don't know how that's going to fit because Lamar is not known for his arm. That's not known for his, you know, for his for his passing ability. You know, he's more for his ground. You know, his running his running game, which Baltimore is all about the running game. You know, because they predicated around him and 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 their running game. So I don't know. I don't know what it is with Antonio Brown. I just hope that he gets. You know, I just hope he gets the help that he needs. I just want him to to be healthy and to move forward. Now he's, 
he's working with Kanye West and he working with Kanye West now on a business endeavor that looks like it's going to do well for him. And they're doing what they're doing this this weekend at the Super Bowl. We'll bring your families. Um, I'm, well, I can't say Super can't say the SB word. We'll bring them to the big game, and um, and and you know, and everything going forward. So. I just hope that he gets healthy. I mean, I I hope he's as healthy as he can, you know, because the game of football is, you know, you could you could you're never going to be the same after certain hits or getting hits or the way you get hit. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, I just hope he gets as healthy as he can be. Hopefully, he's he's trying to be in the right state of mind that he can be going forward. But uh, yeah, man, he's I mean, he's one of the most talented wide receivers, wide receivers, wide receivers that's out there right now. So to I have him of all time, personally, I'd say of all time. I mean, there, there's nothing that he hasn't done. He's won a Super Bowl. I mean, he's. I mean, it's not that he's won a Super Bowl. He's been a huge part of that Super Bowl. If if I was to tell anybody going into that game against the Kansas City Chiefs that Mike Evans is going to go ahead and have two catches for 31 yards, you'd probably say I'm crazy. If if I was to tell you. Rob, or if I was to tell you Antonio Brown would have more catches than Chris Godwin and Mike Evans combined, you would say that I'm crazy. It, but it's what happened. It's Again, he can do that. And another thing, I'm glad that you brought up Baltimore because their offensive coordinator, Greg Roman, is known to be a really run-dominant offensive coordinator. There's been multiple times before uh, Lamar Jackson's career – and, you know, during practices that people have said, hey, this dude is completing every pass in practice. Now, I know people are going to say, oh, but, you know, there's no pressure to win games, da-da-da-da. We, we all know Lamar Jackson has the mentality to win games. You can go back. You, like, you don't have to search far and wide for it. Go right. ahead and go on YouTube and search up mic up Lamar Jackson with, with – uh, uh, John Harbaugh like there's been multiple times where perfect example was the Kansas City Chiefs game it's fourth and two or fourth and one and John Harbaugh asked Lamar Jackson if you want to go for it and you know what he says hell yeah obviously you want to go for it. you want to win this game you want to be the guy you know you want to be that guy that people say he wants it he wants to win I mean People, people, you know, congratulate Brady on having that mentality, but it just looks different in different people. Brady's way is, all right, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to get into a certain mode and, you know, I'm going to throw a perfect pass every single time. But the difference is Lamar Jackson can use his legs. So he's like, all right, if you don't run this route or something doesn't work, I'll, it's, it's in my hands. I will do it. And he has the ability to do it, which not a lot of QBs can say. Right. You know, other than maybe Josh Allen and a little bit of Russell Wilson, who's not known for his running anymore, and Patrick Mahomes. Those are guys yeah. who can say, all right, I have a really good arm. But you know what I also have? My legs. I trust my legs. Mm-hmm. Those are, you know, those are quarterbacks who can do that type of thing. So, right. and then if you actually give Antonio Brown a weapon or uh, give – Lamar Jackson, a, uh, a, another weapon. I can't even say one weapon because he has Hollywood Brown and Sammy Watkins, but give him another weapon and and make them make the defense have to say, okay, we have to double this guy, and if we double this guy, he's going to be open, and and give Lamar Jackson options and give him more of more of give him the power to say, all right, defense, pick your poison, because. You know, you know, you know how easy the game becomes when you're looking at another team and saying, I have my team versus your team. I think my team is better 100 percent of the time that that gives every team a confidence booster. It makes the game a little bit easier. Now, if you drop a pass, it's more of all right, we're good. Next play versus if you're not a not so good team going up against a really team you have to almost be perfect to beat that really good team mm-hmm. so things like that things like that go into it and if antonio brown somehow gets to the baltimore ravens i think i think it'll be i think it'll make them a lead shoot 
I I don't want to say it early, but it, it could it could make them a Super Bowl contending team. Wow, that's 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 crazy. That's 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 bold coming from you on saying that. But like, but the way you put it again, the way you put it, the way you put it with Sammy Watkins and Hollywood Brown, he already having with those guys. You add Antonio Brown to that mix, that could be something. You know, could be something that that could be something. You know, adding some firepower to that offense, but. Like I said, with the whole with everything that he's been going on, the, you know the, where he's been from, from from Pittsburgh to 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 the rank from Pittsburgh to to the Raiders to you know to the Patriots and then you know to people and then playing playing alongside you know people who consider the greatest leader and greatest quarterback of all time and and Tom Brady and having all this drama still uh, still around you know a guy like Tom Brady. You know, a lot of people kind of are kind of like, kind of like giving it the side eye of 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 him wanting to go to Baltimore and how he how his attitude could 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 kind of affect that locker room the way it is. Kind of like what people thought of, of of Terrell Owens. You know, Terrell Owens was was one of the most dynamic court um, wide receivers that you would love to have on your love to have on on your field on a Sunday, but then. It was always an issue in the locker room, whether it was in San Francisco, whether it was in Dallas, whether it was in Philly, you know, with him and Donovan McNabb, and 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 all the drama that came along with them made made it, you know, kind of hard for people to say, yeah, I will take him because of his talent, but with the with the things that came along with it, a lot of people was like, you know, they didn't want to deal with it, but we'll see. Was moving forward with Antonio Brown going forward. We'll see if another team does pick him up because you know if if um let's say if um um Baltimore decides to pick him up because of their quarterback in um and and um Jackson wants him wants them to um and wants them to pick him up. Then it's just something. Then it's, then it's just something that, you know. I think they they probably just bite the bullet and hope for the best and hope that they put them over the over the top, um, moving forward. But um, I think yeah. it would work. I think it would work personally because of the culture that they have, the culture that the the Baltimore Ravens have brought around, and yeah, and again, the culture and also the play style. The last what since Lamar Jackson has come into the league. The Baltimore Ravens have been a top five rushing team. Like they've averaged over two hundred rushing yards, you know, in a lot of games. I think there was it was what, uh, shoot, fourteen consecutive games of over two hundred rushing yards, which is extremely tough to do. I mean, not when you have Lamar Jackson, but still, it's an extremely tough to do. And then now you have, you know. Antonio Brown at wide receiver if they're able to get him. Mm-hmm. And just the play action game will be deadly. A lot of people don't see Lamar Jackson as a really strong arm, even though he can really sling it. He can really sling it. And again, especially when you run it, you know, over 200 yards, you bring all the safeties up, you bring the corners up, and you put a lot of people in the box. And when you bring a lot of people in the box and you're able to run play action, and you're able to really fool those linebackers and bring all the safeties up, it becomes extremely easy for a quarterback, especially the caliber of Lamar Jackson. I mean, look at look at how Brady has been able to win a lot. I mean, they he's he's always had a pretty good or at least solid running back who can do their thing. LeGarrette Blunt back in when he was with the Patriots, James White also as a pass-catching back, but also as a running back who can run. Leonard Fournette, a real strong, bruising back that not a lot of people like to tackle. You know, right. those are guys Those are guys who make, make the defense have to game plan for them. It's not like – now, respectfully, Gian, uh, Giovanni Bernard is a really good running back, but he's not he's – not, again, he's not a bruising back or any type of running back that you really have to game plan for. He's like, he's another back that you have to, okay, we know what he does. He's not really known for running the football. He's known for catching the football. So you, your safeties are able to relax a little bit more 
rather than having to get ready to, you know, go try to tackle a guy who's, you know, 40 pounds heavier. Because each time you take a hit from a guy who's 40 pounds heavier, it feels like that 40 pounds turns into 45, then 50, then 55. And then it becomes a long game of, do you really want to tackle that dude? And it becomes a business decision. It's like like nobody wants to tackle Derrick Henry. Nobody wants to tackle Leonard Fournette. Nobody wants to tackle Josh Jacobs. Those are bruising backs. And when you have a bruising back, it really, it really scares a defense. It scares a defense, but it also emboldens an offense to take those deeper shots downfield. So I think it would be really good for A.B. to really go to the Baltimore Ravens. Hey, and I'm glad you brought that up. And now you got me thinking maybe maybe there could be something good to come out of there for A.B. going to the Baltimore. But we'll see in the future. We'll see how that runs. And, you know, we got to – you know, we still – Wait to free, you know, when when the free agency hits and everything, and see what he moves, what he moves, and see what Baltimore does, and 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 bringing it, and 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 the possibility of bringing an AB uh, into the fold uh, uh, next season. So maybe the way you put it together, it sounds like something that that could be something possible for Baltimore to look into to move it forward. Now, now we just you know transitioning from AB. We're gonna to go to a guy that I that you has been a fan of ever since because you have family that's in the Boston area and that are Patriots fans for for a long time. You you haven't been a fair weather fair. Now I would say, oh, you just a fair weather fan because you you know the Patriots are always winning. But you do have family that's in Boston, and ever since I've known you, you've always been a Tom Brady Patriots fan. You're still a Patriots fan today. You still, you love the quarterback that you guys have right now, um, the quarterback that you have right now. Mac and, Jones. Mac Jones. Mac yeah. Jones. Yeah. So you got, you loving Mac Jones and what the Patriots are doing. But let's get to it. Your man, Tom Brady, decides to retire after this season. And, and, and even not just recently, he's even told, uh, on a recent podcast, on another podcast, that he said, you know, never say never that he's coming back oh, to absolutely. the that you know there's there's a chance that he could return back. But we're not we're focusing now that he is that Tom Brady has retired. He has done everything he's done in his career. So that's what we're gonna focus on right now that he's retired. So when you heard about his retirement, how how did you take it, especially as you as a fan of Tom Brady. I mean, he's he's accomplished everything you can really accomplish. He's what, I think he's a three-time MVP. He's won the Super Bowl seven times. Seven times. More than any franchise. Like, like he's he's won more Super Bowls than any other NFL franchise. Franchise. Like, that's incredible. That's crazy. That's crazy. But again, like again, you've—he's accomplished. He's been the AP Player, of the uh, Offensive Player of the Year. He's—he's he's led teams comebacks. He's his second year in the league. His second year in the league, he's able to to bring a team. This is the second year he's put in because Drew Bledsoe gets injured. And he's able to, you know, lead his team down in the Super Bowl against the Panthers mm-hmm. and win that Super Bowl. Like, or I'm not going to say he won it. Even though I'm a huge Brady fan, I you have to give it all to Adam Vinatieri, who's been that guy for, for I don't know how long. <laughs> Shoot, longer than I've been alive. That's how long he's been that trustworthy guy. Uh-huh. So, uh, you definitely say you know, you'd have to give your thanks to Adam Vinatieri as if you're Brady. Uh, Rob Gronkowski getting him later on in the year, or late not in the year, but later on in your career, and being able to win with all uh, people know him as, you know, Brady's BFF and, and Julian Edelman. But again, if you're Brady, the only thing as a fan you can ask for is don't step away from the game forever. Don't be... Uh, NFL great who you know who's seen every once in a while at like a sports a, a sporting outing but like shoot if he goes and 
and becomes a, a, a QB coach to any, any team, any team. That they'll they'll cherish him. Shoot, they he might be in their Hall of Fame if he becomes a a head a QB head coach or a you know a QB coach, especially for a team like you know any d- developing team like the Eagles or the Baltimore Ravens, the the Miami Dolphins. Like you, just anybody would learn from Brady. The only guys who I would see who wouldn't take Brady's advice would be guys who have proven themselves, which would be guys like Brady, or I'm sorry, be guys like Rodgers or, shoot, maybe Mahomes. But even then, Mahomes has things he could learn from Brady. Josh Allen has things he could learn from Brady. And he could he could teach them, instead of relying on, on your legs, which can wear you down later in your career, to preserve your legs and say, hey, if you see a blitz, instead of just snapping it and trying to get away from the blitz, fix your fix your blocking assignments. You know, tell tell your lineman that it's an ISO blocking, which I've heard from uh friendly offensive lineman that uh ISO blocking is pretty much one-on-one blocking across the board. So you know, tell them to switch it to, you know, that type of blocking or tell them to slide left or slide right. You just want to preserve yourself, especially when, you know, you're a guy who uses their leg a lot. The only, like, you know, Michael Vick, he used his leg a lot. I wouldn't say he didn't last in the league a while because, you know, obviously the dog incident and all that. But, again, Brady is a guy who can – teach somebody how to preserve themselves and instead of retiring at the age of 35 you can retire at the age of 45 and this can be the new for quarterbacks perfect example of a guy who had to retire early because of taking too many hits andrew luck yeah yeah andrew luck was andrew luck was a was a was a sad was a sad tale man because he he had that since he got there in Indianapolis, they gave him no O line, no nothing. They just, they just was like, "Well, you, you could do it. You're Andrew Luck. You could get, you could get this done." And him taking the hits that he was hitting, it was times when I was watching the game. I was like, "Oh my goodness, he just." I mean, and then every time he get up, he get up much, much slower, and much, much, and much, much slower. And then it was like, as soon as they finally got the hit to get, put an O line in front of him, he was like, "I can't do this no more. My body can't take it no more." Because every, every off season, he was injured. He was recovering from injury. Every he never had a, a off season where he can get better, recuperate, and not have to and not to re, and not to rehab from an injury. It seemed like every off season he had an injury, and he was like, "I, I can't do this no more. I got I, I can't do it no more." And and that's a sad thing because Andrew Luck was one of the best young quarterbacks out there that I thought for sure was going going to be a, a certified Hall of Famer until you know. Indianapolis, Indiana didn't. I mean, uh, Indy didn't give him any type of, you know, help when it when he when he needed it the most. So, yeah. But, but back three, to, sorry, go, go ahead. ahead. No, go go ahead. What you about to say? I mean, three things about Andrew Luck. He was my brother's favorite. He was my brother's favorite QB outside of Drew Brees because he's a Saints fan, which says a lot. Uh, <laughs> and, and two rules that I think have partially changed, or not two rules. But one rule that I think is partially changed because Andrew Luck is defensive linemen being able to put their weight on a QB. It's one, you know, you get a sack, that's great and all. But putting a weight on a QB who's, you know, you're 200 and, and you know, 15 pounds as a QB and then getting mauled by somebody like a Vita Vea who's 315, you know, that's 100 pounds of weight on you plus the shoulder pads and you know in their momentum it's one thing obviously for somebody let's say you're laying down and somebody who's 100 pounds heavier lays down on you obviously you're not going to feel comfortable but this is this is force this is a like you know these are again prime athletes so 300 pound guy running running full speed at you and gets you on the ground and it's a clean shot, it's not going to feel good, especially if they get it on the ribs. It's not going to feel good. True, absolutely. And I, I totally understand that. But not to get off the subject, 
with, with Andrew Luck and everything, but going back to Brady, his retirement, what I would take away from his career is he's one of the best to ever do it, man. He's done it. He's done it all. He's seen it all. He's done everything you can you can think of in the world of in the, in the world of, of being a professional of in the pro in, in the pros, man. To be in, in especially to be in the the prime position of a quarterback to win that many times that's successful. And a lot of people don't want to give Bill Belichick a lot of a lot of props too as well. Because people like to say, you know, you got your your people out there in the world that give eight, like that gives Tom Brady eighty percent of the credit and everything. But then, but if you think about it, if you look at like this is going to be on our next podcast to be be on our next podcast talking about how the Brooklyn Nets and that trio no longer exists because of people not able to handle attitudes or superstar talent. And people don't get and how head coaches don't get the credit that they that they that they deserve into handling the talent and the mind of 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 players to get them all on one page to win to on a certain to win and to and to win uh, together, which I think Bill Belichick doesn't get a lot of credit for. I mean, well, he does. He gets a lot of credit for it, but there's certain people that will downplay his. His contribution to to Tom Brady's career because of how great Tom Brady is, but Bill Belichick had a lot to do with Tom Brady's career. Even though, even with Tom Brady going over to Tampa Bay, he still took that Patriots game plan and put it in Tampa Bay, and they was able to win the championship that very next year. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so, I you know what what Bill Belichick did. Uh, for Brady during his course of his career. I mean, he's been able to assign a really good defense. And, you know, a defense can win you championships, but so can an offense. And and when they and when you have a really good offense and a really good defense, you almost seem unstoppable. And that's what the Patriots seemed like throughout the course of the Belichick and, and Brady era. You know, obviously with Brady, Moss, and Belichick, and then you know, Brady, Gronk, Julian Edelman, and then Belichick, and then the defense that they've always had. Mm-hmm. And that, and the defense goes to Bill Belichick, who's also won two defensive, uh, or he hasn't won any defensive coach of the year, which isn't a thing, but he's also won two Super Bowls as a defensive coordinator when he was with the Giants under Bill right. Parcells, who is also right. another all-time great coach. So obviously, right. you definitely say he probably learned from Bill Parcells and, you know, the defense that he was able to go. I'm pretty sure against it was Joe Montana and another QB. But to be able to say, yeah, I won a Super Bowl and I was the defensive coach against this QB and we won, that, that says something. But again, back to – Brady and Belichick, it's, you know, it's like peanut butter and jelly. It's, it's perfect. It's perfect. You can't ask for anything more. It's perfect. Right. Or lamb, or lamb and tuna fish. <laughs> people probably won't get that reference. People probably won't get that reference right there with lamb and tuna fish. But uh, anyway, yeah, but congratulations to Tom Brady on a hell of a career, man. Amazing. Um, Amazing career. Let's just hope that, you know, if he does come back, you know, you know, which will be, you know, I kind of will give it a side eye. But if he does come back, he has the opportunity to try to win and go out on the way he wants to go out. Because I guarantee you, he didn't want to go out the way he did, um, you know, in the divisional round um, losing. You know, I would I would think he would want to, to win the Super Bowl, you know, two times in a row and then be able to go out and to be then to walk off in the sunset. Which which would have been great, you know, if he'd have done it last year. But that probably would have been the the one of the greatest <laughs> walk offs of all time. You know, you know he's known for being the comeback kid, and it'd be just amazing, especially as a, as a Patriots and Brady fan to see. You know, he won last year against Kansas City, and then this year, you know, beat the Rams and you know beat all these players, especially with the injuries they had. They had a couple. Uh, injuries and also AB leaving, and then you know beat a team like the Cincinnati Bengals or the Chiefs or the or the Titans in the Super Bowl, 
coming back down from, you know, 12 at the half or 12 in the fourth and winning off a on a game winning back shoulder fade or something that would that would be personally my that'd be my Brady ending for Brady for Tom Brady. Yeah, that would be good for anybody, anybody, any quarterback, I think, will want want that type of ending. But anyway, man, congratulations to him. I hope he, you know, he enjoys his retirement because he totally deserves it. And 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 also this pretty much he wanted to do this for his family as well. So more power to him. And uh, hopefully he enjoys his retirement, man. And, and all the congratulations to Tom Brady. Now, we're coming to the end of the show right now. And of course, this is super. This is the the big game is tomorrow between the Cincinnati Bengals and the um, L.A. Rams. Especially with that defense that the Rams is bringing, it's going to be oh my god, it's going to be crazy to see how how Joe Barrow handles that that defense, especially with Aaron Donald, who I consider one of the greatest, going to be the, the generational linebackers of all time. Like he's up there. Well, like the Ray Lewis, the, 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 oh my goodness, the Lawrence Taylors, like he's up there. Like, like Aaron Donald is, is up there with those guys. And, and, and listen, the one thing about that is he's, he's a defensive tackle, but he's such a good, he's such a good defensive player that a lot of people have thought about him playing linebacker. Like I've heard a couple of people say he's so good and he's, you know he's he's so smart. You could put him at linebacker, and shoot. If I'm a quarterback, I'm not throwing anywhere towards the middle, because right. if my wide receiver catches it, you think I want him to get? You think I want Aaron Donald to get a clean shot on my number one QB? Absolutely not. Right. That's right. That's right. Aaron Donald is a, 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 a defensive tackle, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's what he's going to I, well, I said linebacker. That's my fault. That's. People, yeah, y'all can kill me on that one. That's my, that's my, that's why Dreas. That's why I got Big Dre on the on the on the podcast with me to keep me alive, man. Because he he's the he's the sports junkie. He's the he's the information man on my on the squad, man. But the time has come towards the end of the podcast that we're gonna we're gonna pretty much give our predictions on who's gonna win the big game tomorrow between Cincinnati Bengals and the Los Angeles Rams State taking place in SoFi Field in Los Angeles, California. This will be the second time in NFL history that the Super Bowl, ah, I keep saying it. But anyway, whatever, whatever, they, they can take it out of it, whatever. But they, the, the, the big game, the SB, will be held in the uh, home of the fo- of one of the NFL's teams last year. It was uh, in Tampa Bay with the Buccaneers winning at home. Uh, um, winning at home uh, last year. Now it's up to the uh, LA Rams to see if they can repeat history once again and winning on the uh, winning in their home in LA, which LA is pretty much rocking right now because of Super because of the uh, big game weekend. So I'm gonna kick it to you, young man. Who you got and why? Who's gonna win the big game tomorrow between the Rams and the Bengals? Tomorrow. Well, in this upcoming game, uh, from a football perspective, not from a fan perspective, you don't get the name Joe Brr or Joe Shiesty for a reason or for no reason. So I think I think this game will ride on the back of Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. It will it will be those guys who win the game. But you know the unsung heroes will be will be uh Tyler Boyd and T Higgins. I personally think the Bengals will win 27-24 off of McPherson, I'd say 48-yard field goal game winner. But um the only way these guys are able to pull it off is is they got to they got to stay in the mindset of we can still win, especially going against this ranch team. And also for this defense, this Bengals defense, they need to be very opportunistic. When I say that, if a ball comes your way, instead of getting a deflection, go out and get a pick because Stafford has been known to be very antsy in the pocket, especially when you play for a team like the Detroit Lions, who have never been known to have a really good old line, and you have to get the ball out a little bit faster than you want to. 
Uh, when you're down, Stafford has – when uh, the Rams have been down, Stafford has been doing that, and he actually got away with it uh, in the Rams game versus the 49ers when, you know, Jaquaski Tart dropped the – I think was the game-winning interception. So if, if he catches that, the Rams are, you know, the Rams are at home right now, and they're going to be watching another team play at their house, in their house. You know, at SoFi Stadium. So, how I feel about it, it's can you can you play can you play opportunistic for this uh, Bengals defense? And on the offense on the offensive side, try to keep Joe Burrow clean. And I know that's tough, but if I'm the Bengals, I would rather I would rather give Aaron Donald a sack early than give him a sack late. The reason why I'm saying this is because if Aaron Donald gets a sack early, that's okay. You can, you know, you still have a bunch of game to play. But let's say it's third and seven and, you know, you're four wide. You're in spread offense, which is four receivers out wide, no tight end. And you just have, you know, your your single running back beside you. If you're in spread offense and then, you know, you snap it and, again, it's third and seven and you don't have enough time because Aaron Donald gets a sack, that's the end of the game. What you want to do is do your best to eliminate Aaron Donald and also attack the middle linebackers for the for the Rams. There's a there's a middle linebacker named Troy Reader who who's a really good, really good linebacker. But out of everybody on this Rams defense, he's the guy you need to attack. He's not very fast. He can't really, you know, turn his hips and run that well. Right. You know, he, he's not able to, you know, Get, I mean, he can get downhill, but you know, a little misdirection play might be able to get him out there. And get I think, out. respectfully, I think he's been able to been saved by Aaron Donald and and you know the rest of this defense. So I say Bengals win 27-24. Uh, Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase hook up for two touchdowns, and I think yeah, they went off a McPherson field goal, forty eight yards. Okay, that's a good decisive way you, you put it there, too. I'm going to go with the Cincinnati Bengals. And the, and the reason why I want to go with the Bengals is because I love Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow has been one of my favorite QBs since coming out of college, especially his run with LSU, with the Tigers, and, and, and the one he had over um, over over Alabama and Nick Saban and, Nick Saban and his Alabama. And him coming into Cincinnati – even having that injury, having that injury his first year, then coming back with the team being down, you know, having a, a losing record, not even sniffing the playoffs, to now having them in the big game in the very next year, the swagger, the swagger, the confidence that um, the Cincinnati have. And I know they're going to be going up against the world because, you know, Aaron Donald and that defense is no joke. And they're going to be applying a lot of pressure to Joe Barrow to, to to make the mistakes of a rookie quarterback, which, you know, which is unheard of, you know, of pretty much, even though this is his second year, he's practically a rookie in the NFL. He's practically a rookie, rookie right now. So a rookie quarterback getting his team to the, to the, to the dance for the first time is incredible. And I would love to, I, I, even though I'm a LA, I love, I love, I'm a Lakers. I'm a Lakers fan, and I'm a LA, I love LA and everything. But I, I really, really want to see Cincinnati pull this off, just because I want to see Joe Barrow in the in the in the in the in the highest. Even though and and even though Matthew Stafford, I have a whole lot of love for. He's finally getting this opportunity to be on a championship team, dealing with everything he has done with him in Detroit and everything. Now he has a, he has the opportunity. He showed his worth in the playoffs, and now he has the opportunity to do that tomorrow. Um, I really want to see how this game goes. I think it's going to be entertaining. I think it's going to be fun, but I think it's going to be a really close game. I'm going to give the score because of the defensive, because I believe it's going to be more of a defensive game. I'm gonna I'm I'm believe it's gonna be I'm gonna give it twenty I'm gonna say twenty uh let's see twenty four to seventeen Cincinnati.
Cincinnati. Oh, wait, by a touchdown. Okay. Yeah, 24, 24 to 17 Cincinnati. And I think Joe Burrow is going to be the going to be going to give a highlight touchdown premiere, which is going to put him in a in the stratosphere of one of the one of the greatest one of the um, great young quarter QBs we have in the in the game. I'm telling you, man, the quarterbacks we have nowadays in the, in this league right now, from from Joe Burrow to um. Uh, Josh Allen to Patrick Mahomes to uh, what's the other kid's name? Um, try to think of the other kid's name. Uh, Jalen really Hurts from the Eagles is good. Jalen Hurts is good. I'm trying to think of another good QB that that's really good too. I can't I can't think of the name right now off off the top of my head. But um, but I'm telling you, man, the the QBs. The young QBs, the game is in really good hands with the young QBs and the up and coming QBs that's coming forward uh, within this league, man. But I, I, I got like I said, twenty four seventeen Cincinnati going in, going into the um, going into the game, and Joe Burrow um, put, um, puts up puts up a, a MVP performance. Joe Burrow's gonna be my MVP at the Super Bowl. Who's gonna be your MVP? My MVP will be Jamar Chase. I'm sorry, he his, his he's. He's the closest thing to a one-play touchdown that you have other than Tyreek Hill, personally, in my opinion. So, he's going he's gonna to be my guy. Okay. All right. Okay. Well, that is, that is all, ladies and gentlemen, we have to do. Thank you so much for listening to our first ever podcast in What's the Scrimmage. Um, I know you heard a bit of distortion with the audio on my side. We figured out what it was after recording and promised better audio, better quality next time moving forward. But thank you so much for listening to our side and both of our uh, opportunities to, to see what we thought about the game today and also thinking about how we how the um, NFL season has turned out to be leading up to the big game. Um leading up to the big game so thank you so much um if you want to continue please want you to continue to um rock with us uh you can listen to us on spotify google play or anywhere you get your podcast you listen to your podcast you can type in what's the scrimmage and we'll be right there and with your listening pleasures thank you so so much and we'll see you next time where we'll be discussing the nba and the nba deadline and also um this the big game that happened who went and who won between the la rams and the cincinnati Bengals. take care and thank you so much